Tonight, I want to bring us to a very central topic, which at the end of the day, at the end of the day, everything rises or falls by this one. At the end of the day, if you have done all the things that you are doing and this one is not there, you may still be lacking in something. Tonight, I want to talk to you about the anointing. I want to talk to you about the anointing. The anointing, wait, let me tell you what the anointing is not. Or what I'm not talking about tonight. I'm not talking tonight about goosebumps. Uh-huh. I'm not talking tonight about feel good. Um, what? Something. I'm not, that's not what I'm talking about tonight. Yeah. But tonight... You see, we are so used to those things, we don't even respect them anymore. No, it's true. People come into the church 31st night to collect oil on their head and leave to go and fornicate into the... Oh, cry. It's true. Yeah, it's true. But tonight, I want us to talk about the Holy Ghost and I want to show you a few things that I want you to remember. Amen. Now, often the Holy Spirit is likened to rain. To rain. Are you seeing it? And he comes to accomplish a a few things. I'm just looking for where to start. Don't worry. When you have to talk about the Holy Spirit, in fact, I've struggled with the Lord today, but I told him that, oh, this thing, if we enter, we can't come out. (coughs) <laughs> we shall go in but we must come out goodness hmm. okay let's start here Deuteronomy chapter 11 I'm starting with from verse 10 where the Lord is beginning to tell the children of Israel something for the land whither thou goest in to possess it, possess it is not as the land of Egypt from whence you came out where you sowed your seed and watered it with your foot as a garden of herbs but the land whither you go to possess it is a land of hills and valleys and drinketh water of the the rain of heaven the Lord was telling them something you have been in Egypt where you were doing this sowing seed, watering it with your foot doing this but now that you are going to the promised land and that experience the children of Israel had is exactly what happens to us when we are born again your life as an unbeliever can be compared to the life of the Israelites when they were in Egypt a life of labor hard labor the devil is a slave master that's why, look, nobody likes a headache, I tell you. But when the devil is your master, you would drink and get drunk and wake up with a hangover. Only to drink again and get another hangover and get another headache. Wicked. A wicked master. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying to you? Yeah. Who likes a headache here? You would like to have a headache. Who likes vomiting? But because it's a wicked slave master. That's why you find out that you even want to stop some things. You can't stop. I had a friend when he was an unbeliever like myself at the time. 
And when he got born again, he got born again just around the same time I got born again. When I got born again, I had some very some way friends. And I told the Lord that I'll tell all of them when I meet you that I've given my life to Christ. And it was to help me to break away from them. Are you with me? So I had gone back to campus to do my national service and I had kept my promise to God. Everybody, when you come, I said, brother, sister, please, it's not as it was before. I'm born again. Oh, I had all kinds of interesting responses from my friends. Then one day I saw this, my friend coming. I said, oh God, I've made you a promise, eh? but I can't tell this guy to be too bad. Hey, the insults, I can't stand it. Oh yeah, because the guy was totally wild. It was very some way. Are you there? And in those days, I used to believe myself that Charlie, I can take my care of myself anywhere. You won't but that guy, actually, I won't try. Even as an unbeliever, I won't try. Hey, are you there? I was even as an unbeliever. I no, no, no. So when I saw him coming, I said, oh God, I've made this promise, but allow me to break it because, Charlie, how to tell this guy I become a Christian? I will be, some of my friends actually insulted me, but they, they, I can manage. One of them, she said, she was a totally useless girl. She told me that if me cry, I can be saved. Then there's hope for everybody. Hello. <laughs> she cried it in my butt. This guy. So as he turned, <laughs> as he turned onto the, um, what should I call it? The, the, the veranda in front of my room. The next door room was also open. And there were also believers there. And as he turned to knock on my door, he saw the believers there. And I heard him say, Hallelujah. <laughs> so I opened the door to listen to the conversation. And he had a conversation that only one Christian has with another Christian. So he turned and he saw me looking at him. And then he came and said, you have no idea what has happened to me this holiday. And then... <laughs> but that was when, you see, I knew that he was very some way, but it was when he was telling me his testimony that I understood the level of his debauchery because he was a tech student and he wouldn't go to class. I was in Legon, but he, he wouldn't go to class. That much I knew. But it was when he got saved that he told me that five girls a day, it was standard. Yeah. So, that holiday, sit down, sit down. I told you the devil is a very wicked taskmaster. At the age of 25, he had suffered a massive heart attack. Yes. Yes. And when he was taken, the doctor told him that the body was not meant to live like that. Five times a day. Every day. Five times seven. 35 times a week times four hundred and forty times a month I and mean, it cannot be it can be that's why I'm telling you the story for you to you see I'm trying to let you see that the life of an unbeliever it was like Egypt where you are a slave you are supposed to do this amount of work whether you are well, whether you are sick whether you can do, whether you can do that's how the devil is and the saddest thing is that because he's a master of deception they call it fun 
This guy, he had fun until his body, as a 25-year-old, he had a heart attack. But that's how he got saved. Because he couldn't walk, he couldn't move. He was trying to recover from the stroke. And every day they'll come and lie him on his, the veranda of his house. And that's when a schoolgirl who used to pass by, a fruit-bearing schoolgirl, she began to see this man every day lying on the uh, veranda. So she came up there and came to share Jesus with him. He said he was so bored. And he was lying there thinking to himself that you, it's because I'm lying here like an old man today. That's why you can dare to walk up here and walk out again. If only you knew the lion that is lying here. Hey! But you see, by the will of God, the lion had suffered a stroke and was lying there unable to do anything to even help himself. And the girl went and came, went and came every day for four days. And on the fourth day, when it was almost like he wouldn't receive Christ, he realized she was crying. He said, oh, why are you crying? He said, because you are not well. If you die now, you will go to hell. And he lay there thinking, hey, I, oh my girlfriends, nobody cried for me. Then she must mean what she's saying. And for the first time, he listened to the gospel message and he gave his life to Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so when you come from a life, the unbeliever life, eh, and some Christians choose to believe, to, be, to live like that, that's why it's your choice. A wicked, eh, wicked slave master. Are you here? And the Lord told them that, look, you used to work on earth and everything that you gained was from here. You had to struggle to do this and that and the other. But where I'm taking you to, your promised land, which re represents where you, what you become when you give your life to Jesus Christ. He said, that place is not like where you are coming from. He said, there, the rain comes from above. The rain from heaven. The rain, it comes from above. Verse 13. And it shall come to pass if you will hearken diligently up unto my commandments which I command you this day, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul that I will give you the rain of your land in his due season the first rain and the latter rain that thou mayest gather in thy corn, thy wine and thy oil that's the reason for the rain the rain comes so that you will get a harvest. That's how it was. And that's how it is. The rain comes to bring you a harvest. That's why they, you may have all kinds of fancy reasons why the rain comes. It comes because the rain is nice. It comes because it does this. It come, but look, let me tell you that the principal reason for the rain is the harvest. And that is why Jesus also told us in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you and you shall be my witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. The reason for the rain was the harvest and the reason for the rain of the Holy Ghost is still the harvest. It's still the harvest.
still the harvest. Are you there? Yeah. That's why the rain is there. That's why the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You see? So that's why I said tonight's anointing, I'm not talking about goosebumps. Let's be serious. Goosebumps, they are here tonight and gone tomorrow. In fact, before you look, goosebumps, just a few minutes, when it's over. That's all. Yeah. But I'm talking about the rain that comes. And have you not noticed that even though the rain is given for the harvest, it brings so many blessings with it. It fills up the rivers. Fresh air. Things that were dead begin to grow again. Life begins to come back again. And that is exactly what the Holy Ghost does in you. As the Holy Ghost comes upon your life, the dead things that come alive again, a freshness comes upon your life, things begin to change, things begin to wake up, you are beginning to feel a little better, be able to do more things than you can do. That's the reason for the Holy Spirit. That's the reason for the Holy Spirit. So when you give your life to Christ, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13, let's take it in the NLT version, please. Take us to NLT. Okay, let's read. Wait, hold on. Take us to Kojovi again. Let's read it here. He's talking about salvation. In whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Let's take it in the NLT. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. Do you see it? It's his guarantee. Take us to the Amplified if you have it. Amplified version. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the good news of your salvation, and as a result believed in him, you were stamped with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit, the one promised by Christ as owned and protected by God. The day you stood there and said, I give my life to Jesus. The day you stood up and said, forgive me, I am a sinner. I've done this. Father, forgive me. Wash me, cleanse me from my sin. Come be my savior. From today, I'll be born again. Amen. That day, as soon as you finish, there was a sound in heaven. Sealed with the Holy Spirit. And that is why, even when you have been somewhere and lived a somewhere life, you are on your way to heaven. If you die at that time, you are going. Because of the seal of the Holy Ghost. However, however, this seal of the Holy Ghost is just the one telling you that the inheritance is there. It's not the one you work with. Allow me to take my time and teach because people are believing and doing all kinds of funny things. Yeah. Are you here? Yeah. That's why Jesus told his people, his disciples, wait, 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 wait until the Holy Spirit comes to baptize you. That's when you will have the power to do what you need to do. Are you in the church? Mm. Or you are bored? Yeah. And so you see him in Acts 1.8. 
But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, the sign that that Holy Spirit had come, that's why they began to speak in tongues. And many people get there and put a full stop. But the idea is that that anointing that comes upon you gives you power to do what you must do. And some of us, it is a lack of that power that makes us not do. Are you in church? Is it possible to be a believer Hello, and not have the Holy Spirit? Fully. It's fully possible. Oh, you have the stamp. Ask for the stamp today. It's a stamp. Just say, we are media. That's all. Stamp. I'm just looking for a scripture. Don't worry. I'll open it for you. Acts chapter 19. Paul had gone somewhere. It came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coasts, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Yeah, but they were believers, but they hadn't heard. They said, we don't even know what you are talking about. <laughs> and then he now explained to them, Paul explained how John had done things and that they should believe and that after him has come Christ. Verse 5, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Are you there? So some of us who are here tonight, you love, but you have not understood. Hello, don't worry. It's my, you know, it's a contact in the battery. It will still work. Hallelujah. Are you here? And tonight, before you leave this place, you will speak in tongues. At least, that's what we can do. So if you are here, and now some of you are like, oh, they have been praying over me. I've not received. Do you know something? You will receive, that's all. You will receive. Yeah, that's all. Just know that you receive. Just relax. Because he has already, this, this experience of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit coming, he has already come. He has already stamped you. It's now left for you to just say, please, I, I, I've received, I'm open, and we flow. That's all. Amen. So this is the spirit of God that comes and brings with him a certain power that enables us to live the life of a believer. Amen. To be able to live the life of a believer, you need the Holy Spirit to help you. So first, stamp. Boom, you are for me. Next one, baptism of the Holy Ghost. You have the evidence that you speak in tongues. You know that he's around and he's there. There's yet one more. There's yet one more that will help you. Hmm. Are you there? Because I need you to understand what is going on. Because there's so much that we do not understand. And because we don't understand it. Do you remember today I was sharing with you how God intervenes in our affairs with another person. Do you remember I shared that with you? Now, one of the things that happens with that other person 
or with that pastor or with that person is that the person I'm now talking about the anointing into ministry are you here the anointing into ministry when you are young you want to believe that you can receive some anointing into ministry that has not happened before that uh-huh. yours is original and the best it's a new one yeah. it's possible only that it's not very likely but it's possible but it's not likely because the anointing to ministry when the Holy Ghost came he came with it, it's on earth already and somebody has it somebody has it somebody has it and so now for you to get it you need to connect to that person it's already here it's already here but for you, you are, we are talking now about ministry are you there? remember that even if your aim is, you are a businessman you need this one for your mega church because that's your route to prospering in that your business of yours but the anointing is with somebody somebody has it and so now our interest is that I need this anointing it's with somebody and that's why throughout the ages you see it in scripture in, in example after example that the anointing comes from somebody and moves to somebody else we're going to take a stroll through the bible are you there yeah the first type I'm talking now about how the anointing so that one is just a transfer the anointing is already here it's just a transfer from one person to another person amen that's why you're a man of God you should take him seriously I can only share with you the first one is the anointing that comes on a person when the man of God's life is terminated that's the end of the person's life I can give you two very quick examples until Jesus died we didn't see his apostles doing certain things it's when he died that their ministries came up do you remember the bible says that they heard Peter and John and they noticed that these are not learned men then they said something but they took note that he they had been with Jesus so they realized that they are seeing something of Jesus had rubbed off on them that thing didn't happen till Jesus left yeah Joshua he look he loved God Joshua really loved God he followed Moses he served Moses but sometimes when Moses enters into the tent and leaves Joshua will stay there in prayer he's looking for God he's looking for God and yet when Moses was going to die he had to lay his hands on Joshua for a transfer of the anointing before Joshua moved into ministry yeah even though he was a great guy and he was, he was picked out by God to re- as the next person based on his love of God and the things he did and yet he had to wait he had to wait yeah so at the end of Moses' life there was a transfer amen Amen. number two living transferred anointing the person is alive and there's a transfer of anointing the person is alive the best and saddest example is the example of King Saul he was alive when in 1 Samuel chapter 16 the Bible says the Lord said to Samuel, he said, fill your horn with oil. Go. I'm sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite. I provided me a king among his sons. 
Even Samuel asked God, hey, I'm afraid to go. Saul will kill me. And Jesus said, I've, I've collected my anointing. I've collected it. So he was alive when his anointing as a king was picked from him and sent to somebody else. May it never be your... I, I don't know how the person will live. Hey, the Lord has collected his anointing from you. I, I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy it at all. But the, my favorite is the next one, anointing sharing. In this one, the Lord anoints one man and then shares that anointing. One people. So he's anointed one person. Biblical example, Moses. When his work was becoming a lot, he'll sit down from morning till night. He has not been able to finish his work. And then God said to him, Numbers 11, choose out 70 leaders, people who are known among the people and come and line them up then he says something I want you to hear because when you are young you remember you are looking for your original anointing God didn't say I'm coming to give them an original, original anointing read gather unto me 70 men of the elders whom thou knowest to be elders of the people and officers over them and bring them to the tabernacle of the congregation that they may stand there with thee verse 17 is what your key key scripture and I will come down and talk with you there and I will take of the spirit that is upon you and I will put it upon them that they will bear the burden of the people with you that you bear it not yourself alone anointed man but I will take that anointing of that one and I'll put it upon them this is the reason why if you are a member of the first love church it makes no sense that you are spending your time soaking in another preacher more than the one that you are under it's not because the other person is not anointed Read the scripture. I will take of the anointing that is upon you and I will place it upon them so that what? They will bear the burden of the people with you. In other words, so that they will have the same calling you have and be interested in the same things that you are interested in and do exactly the same things that you are doing and have the same effect that you are having that is the reason it's not because the other man is not anointed he is also anointed and his people had better be coveting his anointing but in this house in this house. That's why I, I have directed you where to go. You see, I didn't ask them to put the banners up for decoration. Sato, we, are we in the business of decorating stages for the sake of decorating stages? No. It's because I believe that when you are seeing something, it sticks here. We have talked about podcasts until we are blue in the face. My hope is as you are sitting here, the word podcast, you are just seeing it there. Podcast, 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 podcast something will stick. Because that's what you need. Let me explain it in another way. The Bible says that 
is talking about us as believers and says that we are God's building. So the body of Christ is a building. Now I want to ask you, the buildings that you know, do they have different rooms or not? They're in the same building. But there's a bathroom. There's a kitchen. There's a hall. There's a bedroom. Okay. Do you cut onions in the bedroom? Where do we cut onions? Okay, in the kitchen. Do you bath in the hall? Uh, sorry. Where do we bath? We bath in the bathroom. Uh, okay. Do we wash clothes in the, on the dining table? <laughs> Who says, ah, where do we wash clothes? Maybe at the outside there. In other words, even though we are one building and even though we are one body of Christ we do not necessarily have the same calling to do the same thing one kit place is the kitchen they cut onions there the other one is the bedroom there's a bed there they sleep there the other place is a bathroom there's water flowing from something and so for as long as the shower remains in the bathroom it is right but when you take that shower out and you bring it to the hall, it is wrong. And so therefore, comma, if the church where you are is the kitchen, then is kitchen anointing that is being shared that I'll take of the kitchen anointing that is upon you and I will place it upon them so that they will do the work of the kitchen part of the body and they won't do it, the person won't do it alone. And so when you are now going to where? But, gov, gov. Then that goblet gov is the bedroom. Mm. The bedroom. In the bedroom, we have a bed, we have bed sheets, we have you just lie down flat and sleep. Is it okay to be lying down flat and sleeping where? In the kitchen. It's wrong. In the washroom. Do we sleep in the washroom? Ah. Do you understand now why you must understand where you are plugged into? You must understand what part of the body of Christ and you do what you are doing there. You just, I don't even know what to say again. Yeah. So, this part of the building that we have is the part, the apostle of which is called Bishop Dagewan Mills. In this part, eh, we prosper by believing Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all things will be added. In this part, we work for God. In this part, we sacrifice for God. And as we sacrifice, that's how we prosper. That's how we prosper. I said, that's how we prosper. So if your brother is in another ministry, and that ministry, they believe that it's only seed sowing by which they prosper. That's their, look, maybe they are just another part of the building, okay? That part of the, it's okay. But we, this is ours. So. This is ours. This is ours. So the sooner you sort yourself out and get your place that you are working for the Lord and begin to get this anointing of this man of God into your life, the better it is for you. That's how you prosper. I said, that's how you prosper. Anointing sharing. Hey, the way I covered this anointing. Eh? Ah, 
It's only in you. Yeah. And when I hear of somebody who is chasing it faster, I copy that one too. So when Bishop was preaching and then he said, he met this guy who told him that he, he listens to him two to four hours a day. I said, hey, I'm there. I'm still working on it every day, two to four hours. The guy said, except Sunday when he's in church. Yeah. We'll be standing there. You'll see the man's church in a little while. Yeah. Yeah. Are you here or you have traveled? Yeah. So you better understand it well. Anointing sharing. Now, remember also that the house is actually connected by different pipes. And so it's not surprising that maybe you were somewhere else and for a time you have been brought here to be placed under this thing to pick something there and go back. It's not surprising because the building is connected. The building is connected. The body of Christ is connected. Even though we behave as if we are not connected, we are actually connected. We are connected. Are you getting me? We are connected. Yeah. And so it is important for you to learn it and learn it well. That if you want to be anointed for ministry, this is what happens here. And as you do it, it will be well with you. Yeah, it will be well with you. Anointing sharing. Hey, are you not happy that you'll be? I'm excited. Huh. Now, sometimes when the anointing is being shared, sit down. There's a modification of the anointing. And so type number four is the modified anointing transfer. Modified. Because you see, in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 34 and verse 9, I told you that Moses laid his hands on Joshua. But you see that the ministry was modified. Jo Moses didn't do so much war and fighting when he was leading. Just one or two things he had to do along the way. But when the anointing now came on Joshua, Joshua now, yes, in a, he, had to, he had the anointing now to control the people. But in addition, it's now modified for him to be able to lead them successfully from war to war. A modified anointing transfer. Diminishing anointing transfer, that one too we don't like. That one too we don't like. We don't like it. When they transfer it, then it goes down. We don't like it. You remember today I was sharing with you about Solomon's son. Like all the kings, he inherited the kingly anointing. But by the time he had made one decision. Eh? One over twelve. That's why I said total jimakla. Complete is it not a bad I mean it's a bad you were given twelve tribes. You didn't even wait twelve years old to lose one. Your first decision that you took in ministry, bah, eleven gone. So you were anointed king, all right. But it was a diminished format. And that is why we don't even really remember um, sort of the, the, the further generations. Yeah. We remember David. We remember from Saul, David, Solomon. When we get to Solomon, no, you hear Rehoboam, then you are like, it was it Rehoboam or it was Jeroboam or it was. This is the reason. The anointing was now diminishing. It was now going down. And you see, if you were given a basanta, and when it was given to you, there were 35. And under you, they have become 12. That is diminishing anointing transfer. That is at work. 
Or you don't understand what I'm saying? You need a certain anointing to hold it. You see, when you see something working, you think it just worked like that. It no be anything. Me too, I go fit organized camp. That's why today I gave you advice. Start organizing it. Five people, ten people. Are you there? Because what looks so simple, it's not like that. To call people, to gather them. To gather them, for them to come. Then we are not in Kumasi. We have traveled four and a half, five hours out. And people have come. It's, it's, not, it's not just like that. It's not, it's not just like that. But it is a feature of the anointing that I'm chasing. It's a feature. My father, when he gathers them, is in the thousands. I'm coming. I'm coming. And that's why I'm saying that you to start your race. You to start yours. Start. You still start and come. Yeah. We've been at this for quite some years. Wow. I like the next one. Enhanced anointing transfer. Hey. Hey. I like that one. I like that one. I like it. I like it. So when it is coming, who is the best example you can think of? Elijah, Elisha. Double portion. But remember that he told him, you've asked for a hard thing. You see, we think it's only by, I receive it. It's not only that. It's not only that. Amen. There's a certain chasing of it. And you will see that, yeah, chase it. When he was to get that anointing, Elijah woke up and said that, look, they have called me to go to Isawam. He said, oh, if you are going to Isawam, I'm also going, sir. So you can wait here. He said, no, no, no. If they have called you, they have called me. Please, there was no Aboboya. There was no Yellow Yellow. There was no Uber. There was no STC. Nothing. They walked. AD11. I look at this Benz. AD11. They footed. When they reached Isawam, then the guy said, uh-huh. Yes, so. They have called me to Berekum. Oh, 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 as the Lord lives, and that's my soul living, they have also called me to break home. So they set off on foot, to break home. When they got to break home, then he said, Oh, you know, I hear they are going to do the new OT district. I've been called to go to Bandai. The guy said, as the Lord liveth, and as my soul liveth, I've also been called. Do you think it is a joke to walk from Brekum to Pandai? Even with a car, you can easily return. <laughs> yeah. But he went. In other words, it was not easy. And on top of that, he was told that, look, this anointing, you only get it if the exact moment that I'm going, you see me. Those of us who have loved, lost a parent, a mother, tell me you were there at the last moment. Not many. Not many people. Usually one person will be there. Or two. Most of you were not there at the moment that the person did the last <sighs> and went. It's not easy to see. How much more when they are coming with spiritual horses? Yeah. Hey, spiritual horses, I imagine the speech. Well, wind. You see, when they do it, when the whirlwind is coming, you, your, even your, your reflex is to cover and run. <laughs> Say, if you see me, when I'm, if you see, if you see, to keep your eyes open like this, 
I don't think you have had a visitation from an angel before. You understand that it's not so simple. Most of the time, the first thing you feel is fear. What is that? Then this wife has come with horses, chariots, well wind. But he saw it. That's how he now got the second, the second, the double portion. But it happened. And I'm encouraged because if it has happened, it can happen again. And I don't see why you can't be the person carrying the double portion. Yeah. I don't see why not. Wow. Number seven, former anointing reintroduced. This is where you see somebody operating in a certain kind of anointing. It disappears for a while and it comes back. So you see Elijah. You see Elisha. You see the similarities in their anointings. And then it disappears. It disappears. The next time it comes up, we see it in John the Baptist. Excuse me, some of you have been walking around saying that you're anointed. Please, oh. Anointing is like the wind. The only way we can know that you're anointed is by what we see. How do you know that the wind is blowing? You, yeah, you see the leaves going like that. You see your door open, it's trying to close. You see your curtain. That's the only way. That's the only way. So as you are walking there, oh, she or chichi. I'm anointed. We have to see it. Allow me to say it because a lot of us are walking in false whatever. You are playing an instrument and the people are enjoying you, but where is the fruit of the anointing? We can't see it. No, no, an anointing, we must see it. It's like wind. Otherwise, it's not there. It's not there. Yeah. Hey, Charlie. Yeah. And we are waiting for this anointing to come back. One of the signs, the last signs in Revelations are those two prophets who will return. And they carry with them an anointing that looks, that is like the anointing of Elijah. And when it appears, you know, because they will be, Charlie, you challenge them and some fire will consume you. You misbehave and they'll close the rain up in there. Yeah. So they are going to come back. When we see that, it's one of the signs that the end is, is close. Yeah. A former anointing reintroduced. Are you there? And finally, number eight, a new and original anointing. Have you seen all the other types? Far more and far more examples. Very few examples of a new and original. Very few. Jesus Christ just arrived with his own anointing. Elijah, we don't know where he came from. We are just introduced to him. First Kings, I believe, 19. Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbi, he has arrived. We don't even know. You see, everybody else, they say his mother, he was the son of this. He was, this guy, he just arrived. Just appeared. New and original. <laughs> are you there? And so I think it's a very important lesson for us to learn so that we stop walking around in deception. And we need the anointing to work. The things we have spoken about is an anointing will help us, that will help us, and we must know which one. Amen. In case you think that this thing only stopped in the Bible, let me give you a few examples. Reynard Bonke, he inherited from George Jeffries. The story is that when he finished his Bible school, George Jeffries was a major um, um, evangelist. When he finished Bible school and he was on his way back home to Germany, his ship or whatever passed through England and stopped for a while and he had a few hours to just, you know, go and walk around and come. And as he was walking around, he saw the signboard to the house, George Jeffries. As a Bible school student, he knew who the guy was. And he just said, well, is it possible? 
that this guy I have learned about in the, in the Bible school, he's actually living here. Let me go and see. Maybe I'll see him. And he went to knock on the door of the house. And when he knocked on the door, there was a lady there. You see, by this time, George Jeffries was a weak old man. So when he knocked on the door, the woman said to him that, oh, you can't see him. I mean, he's old. The mouses, you know. They are everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they are, they have, there's a reason why they are there. Otherwise, everybody will come. The person will not even get a chance to live. But the old man heard the voice and said, who is that? And the woman said, it's a young man who says he wants to see you. I want to believe that John Jeffries, he was still alive in the spirit because he said, oh, let him come, let him come. He sent something. And when the when Renard Bonke entered and they exchanged and they spoke, he laid hands on the guy and he prayed. He prayed. He prayed. And then it was time for Renabonke to go. I'm sure there was a spring in his step. And he went back to the thing that was supposed to take him home. And as soon as he got home, Renabonke is also the son of a pastor. So his father is also a pastor. As soon as he entered and he got home, his father said, have you heard the news? He said, what? George Jeffries has just gone home. Yeah. He had collected the man's impartation. Just like that. Just like that. Terminated terminated transfer at the end of a life the anointing was just transferred to somebody else yeah amen are you there or you have traveled yeah so it's, it is there in our day because Rainer Bonke is still alive amen Benny Hinn Benny Hinn Benny Hinn is walking in the anointing that we saw on Catherine Kuhlman and he was sitting in a meeting of hers when he had a serious major encounter. Yeah. And so even the way he operates, his association with the Holy Spirit, his understanding of who the Holy Ghost is, even the way he does his things. Because that's, remember I told you the anointing is seen. Catherine Kuno is a very spooky. Very spooky. Her voice, her everything. Her name is like that. And she also walks backwards the same way he does. Yeah, he's just on the stage there and something, something, and then he says, I mean, who walks backwards, for goodness sake? Yeah. <laughs> Are you there? Yeah. But you see also the dramatic miracles, a certain level of association and walking with the Holy Spirit. If you want to understand how to walk with the Holy Spirit, I will recommend to you a certain book called Good Morning Holy Spirit by Benihim. Yeah. Yeah. What you see there practice it is very powerful. But you see that he so he had that because she also, you see, Catherine Coleman had a certain work with the Holy Ghost. And that work it became stronger because of the sacrifice she had to make to be in the ministry. Yeah. She was already working in the ministry and seeing some fruit. And then the curse caught her. And thy desire shall be for and she went and desired somebody's husband. The man divorced his wife and married her. She used to call him Mr. And for a number of years, she was just following him in his ministry. And she talked about sitting on the stage and watching and she was dying. 
And she knew that there was a call there. The call, it never dies. It never is always there. And one day, she realized that she had to answer this call. She had to recognize that she had done what she had done was the wrong thing. And she said, I've got to go. And she talks about it in her book. And she says that when she went onto that train, and the train was leaving, and she looked at them, and she said, something in her died. Something died. It was so painful that something died. It was that day that to get through those things, the Holy Spirit became her friend. So she used to say that's all she has, the Holy Spirit. So she used to have a very interesting and dramatic walk. Yeah, very dramatic walk with the Holy Spirit. Wow. I said, wow. Yeah. Bishop David Oedipo, he talks about receiving from Archbishop Idahosa. Also another very spooky encounter. <laughs> Are you there? And our father, Bishop Dan. Our father, come on. If you don't know the story of how, as a medical student, he had gone to Suhum and he had finished working and he was fasting and praying and he fell asleep on his knees and around two o'clock in the morning, the tape was still playing Kenneth Hagan back and forth and back and forth and back and forth said something entered into him and he heard a voice saying now you can teach up until today he's a master teacher yeah there are very few people who can tell you the how of what they do how he's one of the few how how to how to the how to very few Many can tell you, this is what happened, this is what I thought, but how to? Very few. Very few. Even the teaching that I've just given you on how the anointing is transferred, this is the only place I've seen it all together. Until today. Most books will give you, they'll talk about one type or another type. This is the only one where you have a comprehensive teaching and breaking down of the understanding of the anointing transfer. Breaking down so that even a child can understand it. From now, you can teach. This from now, you can teach. He has gone all over the world with it. And he's still going. And you, you are his child. Mm. Are you there? It's according to whether you desire or not. That's all, yeah. That's all. Because if you desire, it's yours. That's all, yeah. What you desire, you can have. And that is why you should fight against the greatest problem a child has with their father. And that's the problem of familiarity. Taking it for granted. Because he's only daddy. He's only daddy. Benny Hinn's tells the story of how his daughter saw him on the TV. And she was sitting on him. And she looked at him. Looked at the TV. Looked at him. Ah. Because she knows him as the daddy she sits on. <laughs> on the sofa. And then she's now seeing this one and this one. Ah, this is just daddy. Who is that? Be careful. Be careful. Be careful that you don't take that anointing for granted. 
That anointing that causes buildings to spring up from the ground is an anointing. Don't get so comfortable with it that, oh, after all, everywhere we go, we have our building. Be careful. Be careful. Understand that it's an anointing. Buildings are not built like that. Buildings are not built like that. At all. At all. At all. And we finish the buildings. Yeah. yeah. Finish it. It's not like that. Be careful. Because you can easily get, you know, you are used to it. I mean, after all, everywhere daddy is, oh, there's some, do you get me? But when you decide that I won't be familiar, that's when the desire can come. The desire, I, I want to do some. I want to build some. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My church, I mean, most of the, ah, you can leave it, somebody will come and build it for you. One day I sent my father to us, I want to build it. He said, okay. I want to build it. So we are there, Charlie. We are building it one block at a time. Hey. But it's coming. Yeah. He didn't tell me that, oh, hey, women don't build. Look, we'll sit aside and let somebody. No, 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 no. He want to do. Okay. 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 It's a small piece. In fact, if you are going to measure my building anointing and his, I'm not sure you'll see mine at all. But I tell you, even if it's a small dot, I came to remind you that the master seed is the smallest seed of all. Hey. But when it's uh-huh. yeah. Begin to desire it, see it and desire it. That's why I've gone through all this talking. Yeah. You can you can see not only desire, you have to admire first before the desiring will come. If you don't admire it, that's why I've tried to make you admire it while we are here. I've tried to point you to things to see. Yeah. Admire it. Ask your neighbor, which other Congress hall have you been in? That was built without loans, without debt, without anything. We have our own light. When we are ready, we create our own atmosphere. Yeah. Sit down. Eight ways to know when you are anointed. Eight ways. I want you to respect the teaching so that you stop saying things before time. Eight ways to know. Eight ways to know when you are anointed. Number one, when you can do certain things that your mentor or your father does, you know that you are anointed. It's beginning to come. Some people think that it's by carrying the person's things. Maybe there might be, but it's not the sign that you are anointed. Yeah. Are you there? When Elisha, after he saw Elijah going and he shouted, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel, are you there? After that, he now tried to see whether he too. He had passed with Elijah over the Jordan. And Elijah had taken his cloak and had hit the water, and the water had divided, and they came through. So after Elijah, Elijah was taken, Elijah was now alone standing there. It's like I have to cross back. And so he picked up the cloak. And he also hit the water. And at that time, he was not sure. He said, where is the God of Elijah? But when the clock hit the water, it also parted. 
And that's when the 50 unanointed prophets in the school of prophets, 50 unanointed prophets, they had been there, they had seen everything, but they never drew near enough to learn anything. That was when they now said that the anointing of Elijah, that rests upon Elijah. He could do something. When you can do something that your mentor does. And our father, you don't have to look far. If he says that the anointing resting on him was what was on Kenneth Hagan, it's clear. He just had a Hamatan Bible seminar uh, because we don't have winter. His spiritual father used to have winter Bible seminar. Yeah. Hamatan Bible seminar. First week of February, when the year is just beginning. Every room on this campus was filled. And every space at the orphanage was filled. And I know people who had to rent places to stay. Guest houses around were full. That's the anointing of his father. You see it on him. You see it on him. Yeah. When he wanted to learn how to do miracles, the Lord led him to Benihim. Benihim is another of his spiritual fathers. And he, that's where he learned it. And today, you see exactly the same, the same way that Benihim will stand there and just pray. Won't touch anybody. And then the healings will begin. Same, 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 same. So when you say that I'm anointed, you have to be able to show us something. <laughs> Are you there? Kenneth Hagan, by the time he died, he had 63 million books in circulation. Our father is around 28, 25, 28 million books. And he's still alive. We'll reach, we will reach and pass the 63. Yeah. Seto, we'll pass the 63. Ah, what do you think? I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. Every two, three years, then he will fire and release. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Are you there? He himself says that not everything yet has manifested. One of the things of Kenneth Hagin's ministry was that small northern he has seen Jesus. Over a certain period of his life, he saw Jesus about eight times. And our father keeps on saying that he's still waiting to see one. So he hasn't seen all. <laughs> but you can clearly see some things. Please, what have you seen? Just think about it soberly. Remember the scripture that we read today? Yeah. Think about it soberly. What are you seeing? That gathering of a certain size, what are you seeing? That gathering service, it's a beginning, a small sign. Don't get carried away. There's more road for us to go. But at least it's a sign to you that, oh, we, we are coming. But we've not yet arrived. Hallelujah. But I love this scripture. Philippians 1, 7. And I wrote it down when my father spoke about it. Even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, in as much as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye all are partakers of my grace. We are partakers of the same grace that is on our spiritual father. Same grace. Same grace. Oh yeah. Same grace. So the first thing is that you can do certain things that your mentor or your father does. Number two, I'm giving you the signs. Number two, when people make particular comments about your preaching, preaching is a sign. 
Yeah. On this house, there is a, an anointing of a father to preach at every level. As a single person, one-on-one, in a group, on this, on, from the pulpit, anywhere, preaching. Are you there? Look at what Jesus says. Luke chapter 4, verses 18, verse 18 and 19. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. As soon as he said he is anointed, anointed to do what? To preach. And it was not only preaching, it was also that his preaching astonished people, surprised people. Matthew 7, 28. It came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. Mark 6, 2. When the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished. Luke 2, 47. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Luke 4, 32. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. What does astonished mean? Amazed. Greatly surprised. Are you there? So it is also another sign of the anointing. A third sign of the anointing. Healing. When the anointing came upon Jesus Christ, Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the spirit and what? With power. Who went about doing good and healing? And healing. Doing good and healing. You see, the reason why you do not know whether you are anointed is that you have not laid your hands. You went to visit your sheep. Your sheep was not well. And you just said, oh, have you been to the doctor? Is it okay? How are you? Next time when you go in, say, look, do you have some oil? The Bible says, is any of you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them anoint him with oil. And the prayer of faith will heal the sick. Try it and see. You will be amazed. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. Are you there? Number four, ministering to the poor. It's a calling, I tell you. The poor, they don't understand anything much. So if you are able to continue to minister to them for them to understand, you see, not that they don't understand, but they are consumed with their situation. And if you are able to minister and keep ministering, it's a sign of the anointing. That's why Jesus said that he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Number five, another sign of your anointing is evangelism. <clears throat> Pure evangelism, not the contaminated thing that we are talking about. Pure evangelism. Many of us cannot witness. But that is what is supposed to happen to us when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Acts 1.8 you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. So the witnessing is a sign of the anointing. Are you there? The witnessing is a sign of the 
anointing. And that is why, you know, when some of you, you, you say that you are a prophet. It's a very powerful calling. But let's listen to something. When in the story of Lazarus and the rich man, when the rich man found himself in hell, then he told Moses, I beg you, let me go and tell my brothers and come. What did Abraham tell him? I said, Moses told Abraham. Let's read Luke 16, verse 27. This is the rich man talking. He said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that you will send him. He wanted them to send Lazarus to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear him. A sign of a prophet is somebody who can lead people to Christ. But you can only tell us the color of somebody's underwear. You are joking with a very powerful gift. Yeah. It's one of the signs of a prophet. To lead people to Christ. So I don't know what you are doing. You are just there having prophetic meetings and feeling powerful. But you are supposed to use it in a sense. You see, because the people believe you, when you want to lead them to Christ, they will follow Bia. You are very quiet. I really like the prophets who lead people to Christ. I really like the prophets who teach the word of God. Because some of them, they just throw the word of God overboard. Let's do the miracles. Yeah. But there are some, before they do it, they will teach you the word. Line upon line. Precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. Before they even do anything. You are just walking around following some random prophet person. You better be careful. Amen. They are very quiet. Many of our modern day prophets are not leading us to salvation. Many. And so if you are here, correct yourself. Correct yourself. The most important miracle in this life is that a soul that is dead must be born again. Sort that one out. Hey. What is the use of your miracle if when you finish the person goes to hell? Ah. Amen. Are you there? Hey, you are suddenly very quiet. You see, you have been admiring the prophetic ministry, but you don't know what... It, that's why you should choose which prophet to follow. Choose which one. All our prophets in UD, all of them, word preachers. Yeah. All of them, major word preachers. Not just word, major word preachers. Oh, Prophet Kakradia, he just is reading the Bible. He will say, turn your Bible to. You see, let me tell you a secret. Don't tell him that I told you. You will notice. I don't know now if he uses an iPad, but in the days when we were using the hard Bible, I mean physical Bible, prophet used to come to church with a Bible. And he'll put the Bible on the pulpit. It will remain unopened. Oh, cry. Because when he calls the scripture, he's quoting it verbatim like that. Doesn't matter whether the scripture is from Habakkuk or Obadiah or Zephaniah or Jude, it doesn't matter. He'll quote it. But he, but he will bring the Bible to church. 
And if you look in his Bible, you see that he has read and underlined, but he won't open. What he knows the scripture is coming to talk about. Then one day, one day, he came to visit us in Tamale. One of the things people don't know is that Prophet Kakra is one of the people who really, apart when you, I, I would put Bishop Dag as the first person who held our hands as we were building the Tamale churches. Prophet Kakra is the other person. Yeah. He used to come up once a year, twice a year, and after teaching the things he would teach us. Oh yeah, really teach us. So he had come on one of these convention visits with his favorite Bible. And when he came to preach, he put the Bible on the pulpit, as usual. Then we went home. Do you guys remember this story? When we got home, finished hosting everything, he said, where's my Bible? We said, ah. We searched for the Bible. We searched for the Bible. We went back to the car. We searched for the Bible. No sign of the Bible. We called people check the church. He said, no, no, no. He knows that I brought it to the car. No sign of this Bible. No sign of the Bible. He said, oh, that's really paint him. It's a Bible that he uses. He really likes the Bible. The following morning, when we came out of the house, we had another dog whose name was Barak. Barak means thunder. And thunder, Barak was there. You see, when you close the doors, Anything outside by night, it belongs to him. So if you have left your trousers on the drying line, it belongs to him. If you have left your shoe at the door, it belongs to him. I think when we got out of the car, that Bible must have fallen to the ground. When we woke up the next morning, he had torn the Bible into small, small sheds and littered it I saw prophet carry a Bible to church. <laughs> That's what I'm saying that now that it's iPad, I don't know. But he said, ah! If he had known, he would have left his Bible on his table. After all, when he gets there, he knows whatever scripture, he's quoting it, walking Bible. But he just liked the Bible. Yeah. But that's the prophet in love with the word of God. You are following somebody who is walking around things and giving you spooky things to do. Be very careful. It is one of the signs, one of the ways that will help you. You see, because now the, 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 the false and the true is so close. And that is because there is no fake false CD note because there's no real one. Do you understand? So the presence of the fake, many times, it is a sign that the real is there. But sometimes the line is so close. This is one of the lines that will help you. But many of the true they preach, the, they preach the word. They are lovers of the word. And many of them lead people to Christ. It's one of the one of the things. It will just help you. It will just help you. Because nowadays there are so many who are making you drink kokonte mixed with nim tree. <laughs> Amen. Sit down, number six. Number six. Missions to the end of the world. Yeah, missions to the end of the world. 
You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, all Judea and Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the, of the earth. My prayer is that you will make a decision to be a missionary. It's part of the call. It's not only Jerusalem. It's not only Jerusalem. Amen? And it is particularly important in first love because for us it's easy to go out. It's much easier. Yeah. It's much easier for you to say, I want to go to a particular place than for a carpenter to say that. Because for him to get the visa for it's not easy. And many countries, by virtue maybe of the profession you have chosen, you're able to enter. By virtue of the fact that you can go and do further studies, you can enter. The South African church, the whole South African church, came from one man who went there to do a master's. Apostle JC, he went there as a master's student. In two years, the six churches were there. Two years. He just went in there and Charlie, he did the church. He also came back with his master's, but he did the church. Two years. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So it's easier. It's much easier. Yeah, but if I go, what will, happen, what will happen to what? I'm not sure if I'm called. Please go. When you go, you will know if you are called or not. No, no, no. You see, you are young. The world has not gone anywhere. So go. If when you get there, you say, I don't think. You return. I would rather go when I shouldn't have gone than stay when I should have gone. Oh yeah. God will have mercy on me. I was trying to obey him. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. It's like your mother is saying something, then you she didn't call you, then you come. Will she beat you? Oh. You'd rather get some grace. Oh no, I wasn't calling you. Than for her to have been calling you. And calling you. And calling you. And then you did. Which one would you rather do? Will you not rather run and, and come and say, Oh no, I wasn't calling you? So that you return than that she was calling. And you didn't go. The missions is not, you see, for now, where you are, our mission field is where we are. Yeah. Because you are in school. Don't come and tell me after this, I'm planning to uh, leave school, please. We have enough people who didn't go to school struggling to go. Please finish. Please finish. So for the next couple of years, your ministry is in Judea, in Jerusalem. Judea, just around. But as soon as you can, go to Samaria. Go to Samaria. Recently, I met our pastors in Dubai. So nice. All of them, they are there working. They are there working. In case you don't know, Dubai is heavily Islamic. But they have entered to work because it's a place that allows people to come and work. So by virtue of education and this and that and that and that, they came there and they have grown a church. Yeah. Are you there? That's how they've entered. And so they are there. Many people go to Dubai, Dubai to look for money. But they, as they have gone, as if they are looking for money, they have done a church. As if. So that's why I'm saying that for us here is first love, it's so easy. It's so easy. Yeah. Wow. Is it a good word? You see, if you are the type who, when I start to talk about this, you close your ears, it's likely you are called. 
That reaction, that reaction is one of the signs. That reaction. As soon as you become, oh, I don't like this topic. Move on to the next one. It's a sign that, yeah, yeah, it's a sign. The thing is doing you something. Are you here? Think about yourself, not your friends. Sit down. Think about yourself. So if you find yourself saying, this topic, they should move on to that point number, point number, move on, point number. That thing, that thing is a sign. It's a sign. That discomfort is a sign. <laughs> and if it is you make up your mind right now agree that look look I, I think this is what I want to do amen number seven I'm just giving you signs of the anointing that you are anointed traveling to minister how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about that went in about him. I was always traveling, going from this town to that town, this place to this place, just to go and do good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. It's a sign of the anointing. You know, some people can't travel at all. Some of you, when you travel from Accra to Kumasi, you say you have traveled. You see, tomorrow is Saturday. We'll be returning to Kumasi. And Sunya, you will be surprised that when we say, let us go and do outreach at five, some people say, oh, 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 oh. we have just come from camp. Oh, oh, oh. We have traveled. Oh, oh, oh. How can Accra to Kumasi be a journey? Let's be serious. Let's be serious. Accra to Kumasi. How can it be a journey? Four hours on. At least the road is not very broad and sweet. But it's a road. If you have done four hours in a place where there's no road, then you can tell me you have traveled. Not this our road. Your bones are too soft. Are you there? Those of you who know Reme Eric, send him a text. Ask him when he's traveling, how many hours? In India, 25 by train. Train is faster than car. So 25 hours by train. 29 hours by train. When he travels 9 hours by train, he doesn't think that is worthy or that is a, it's a journey. It's like, oh, we are just going on here. <laughs> hey, push your neighbor and ask your neighbor. If you cannot do this for hours, you want to do a brochure. And number eight, number eight, doing various unspecified good works. You see, Acts chapter 10 verse 38 says that he, Jesus went about doing good. There's another scripture there, 1 Corinthians 6, 15 and 16. I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanus, that is the first fruit of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. And that you submit yourself unto such and to everyone that helps us and labors. So these are people who were doing good things. They don't specify exactly what. Are you seeing it? But they were also considered to be people who were in the ministry. Amen. You know, after this meeting, I want you to pursue the anointing. And I'm not asking you to pursue a vague anointing. 
I'm not asking you to pursue the anointing that is upon our father. Yeah. You two decide that every day, two hours, you will listen to the message. Yeah. And allow that. You see, it is just the, the scripture is Ezekiel chapter 2 and verse 2. And the spirit entered into me as he spake unto me. You see that your mind will begin to change. Something will begin to work in you. It's not enough to listen once in a week. Just on Sunday. After all, who eats only on Sunday? When you come to church only once a week, you are, you are not so strong or so well. And some of you, is the reason for some habits that have not dropped off. Your spirit is too weak. Yeah. But chase the anointing. You'll be happy that you did. Chase the anointing. Are you there? Are you going to do it? Chase the anointing. Yeah. Chase the anointing. It will make a lot of things you are struggling with now. They'll be made very easy. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. I just want you to talk to the Lord about what we have been discussing. I want you to just recognize something. Begin to talk to him. You see, we, 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 we think of the Holy Spirit and we think about the wind. He's the wind. And he's a fire. And he's what again? A bed. All those things are symbols of the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. Because if the, if the Holy Spirit is a wind, then Jesus is also a lamb. But you and I know that it's a description of his attributes. Something about him that's like a lamb. That's a lamb. Something about him that's a lion. That's how it is also with the Holy Spirit. And you need to begin to fellowship with this Holy Spirit. Are you here? You need to fellowship with him and get to know him. That's where, that he is the, the, the current manifestation of the Godhead on earth. The current, the, the current one. In the Old Testament, you meet God the Father. In the New Testament, you meet Jesus the Son. And as Jesus was leaving, he said that, if, let me go so that the spirit will come so he's here and he's the one who says he will be with you always but most of the time we ignore him we ignore him one of the reasons why we ignore him is that we don't think that he's a person he's a person and prince so is God three well if God is three you are also three because you are also spirit so and body, First Thessalonians chapter 5, around verse 23 there. Are you there? Is it 23 or 27? Check and see. Are you here? But you are one. You are one person. But your body is your body, physical. That's the part that doesn't leave earth. It stays here. You also have a spirit. It's the spirit that when it leaves, the body is dead. And you also have a soul where your intellect and your emotions are. So you are also three in one. But in these three parts of you have very clear characteristics. Doesn't mean you are three. Your spirit is exactly that, a spirit. Yeah. Your body is exactly that, flesh. And your soul is exactly that, soul. Are you here? The Godhead is also three in one. No wonder we are made in his image. Yeah. 
And so we have God the Father with his characteristics. And if you read your Bible well, you will see the characteristics of God the Father. Hey, you should fear him. But we also see Jesus the Son. And he came in physical form. But the Bible says that he was with God from the beginning. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. They said there was nothing made that was made without him. That's in John chapter 1. Are you here? So he's also there. Then you have the spirit, the Holy Spirit. That's the spirit of God. He's there right from Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And there was chaos, this and that. And the spirit of God came to brood over it. Then God said, let there be. And there was. Amen. So the Holy Spirit is a person. As God the Father, God the Son, God the personality, if you like. And he's right here on earth. And that's why 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says something. You say it every day, but you don't think about it. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, what does it mean to fellowship? How do you fellowship? Please don't give me another difficult word. How do you fellowship? If I'm fellowshipping with you. Ah. Talking, flowing, chatting. Yeah. Yeah. And when you do, your life will be different. Your life will change. Yeah. Because you see that he's actually talking to you. And so tonight you just want to say that I, I need to know who this Holy Spirit is. Yeah, I need to know who this Holy Ghost is. So that's why I said tonight it's not goosebumps you are looking for. Uh huh. It's not goosebumps. You you are you are trying to see. You are looking for a dimension of the Lord. What's going on, other brother? Someone should check for me. Yeah. You just want to begin to talk to the Lord this evening. Just start to talk.